We have an account of a spark falling from a star and increasing as it approaches the Earth, until it became the size of the moon, shining as through a cloud. It afterwards... <laughs> <laughs> Let me start over. Start over. Here we go. I'm going to give you some dramatic music when you start, all right? You ready? No. (laughs) We have an account of a spark falling from a star and increasing as it approaches the earth until it becomes the size of the moon, shining as through a cloud. It afterwards returned into the heavens and was converted into Olympus. This occurred in the consulship of Octavius... And Scribonius, Scribonus. It was believed by Silenus, the proconsul. Pro, it pro, was seen by Silenus, <laughs> the proconsul. Proconsul. That makes more sense. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm gonna start over. Okay, I'm gonna give you some real dramatic music so you can really get it right. Is there you ready? More green juice. Are you ready? <laughs> One, two, three. Oh! <laughs> All right. Let me let me for her edit. Let me do it again. We have a council of we have <clears throat> we have an account of a spark falling from a star and increasing as it approached the Earth until it became the size of the moon, shining as though a cloud. Damn it! <laughs> Through. I didn't touch it until you messed up. This episode of the All About Nothing podcast is brought to you by GOT Sound Studio. GOT Sound Studio offers a variety of experiences. Music, voice, and instrumental recording and production, video, and still photography. GOT Sound Studio has all of your media needs met. Owned and operated by Dominique Stewart, the Neek the Geek, experienced artists as well as up-and-coming will find everything they need to create. Bring your media needs to one of the most talented producers and engineers in the business, Neek the Geek. You can find details by visiting gotsoundstudio.com or calling 803-243-2302. You can also find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. The All About Nothing podcast may have content and language that isn't appropriate for some. Listener discretion is advised. Recorded live from GOD Sound Studio in Lexington, South Carolina. I'm Ami from the Welcome to Wonderland podcast. And this is the All About Nothing podcast with Zach King, Trent Clark, and my bestie, Eric Gruber. I am Ami Bland, hostess of the Welcome to Wonderland podcast, and I'm taking over this episode of the All About Nothing podcast. Welcome to the show, the man with the shortest attention span, Trent Clark. (laughs) Accurate. Hello. Welcome also, the man who could probably take his talents on the road, but lacks direction. Zach King. Also accurate. And last, and probably least, (laughs) the man who once had his back waxed to make knockoff wigs for the rich and famous. Wow. That is is not the joke I wrote. That is not the joke I wrote. DJ Fuzzy. (laughs) I know it's not given to me. Yes. That's pretty no, good. That's pretty good. Can't lie. It's the joke I wrote. Definitely was not the joke I wrote. I guess all the writers on our strike. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right. So the housekeeping piece is here. Please subscribe to the show. Subscriptions drive searches. And that's how they get new listeners. Please also consider supporting them financially by visiting patreon.com slash the all about nothing. I did it. That's true. Every month. And to make it, yeah, it auto drafts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to make it easy, you can head to our website, their website, 
uh, theallaboutnothing.com for links and details. Also, if you're listening to them on Apple Podcasts and you think they're worth it, and they are, give them a review and punch them up to five stars. That all sounds accurate. <laughs> sounds good to me. That's okay. If you're not on Apple, give us one. Of, give them one of those thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> we love thumbs up. <laughs> Share the episode up with your family or friends, <laughs> and follow on Twitter at <laughs> aan underscore pod and interact. Yeah, that works. All right, we got Perfect. shout outs. They're shout outs. They're not my shout outs though. Do oh, you, do you want to do them or you want me to do them? I, I can. I can do it. Well, I'll just do them. So thanks. Uh, Bill Kemmler last week was with us. Uh, that was fun. Uh, he uh, confessed to his love for Jack, for Zach. He did. And uh, it got awkward. Unrequited love. If you want to see it, go on the YouTube. It's available on YouTube. <laughs> and he hates pins. And you uh, ruined his political career. We did. Potentially ruined his political career. I mean, I feel like we've been ruining a lot of people that's been on this. We're good for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Trump, there's a seat for you here. Look, if the check doesn't clear. You know. We're going after you. I'm going to have to do something. <laughs> Um, also, uh, I think, uh, we, we did have an update from John Kosas on the fireflies. So, uh, appreciate John Kosas from, uh, John Kosas Jr. From the, uh, Columbia fireflies for giving us those updates. You went to the game Saturday, right? I went to the game Saturday, brought my son, man. It my was, mom was there. Was, oh, really? Yeah. It was a great game, man. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't ever go to one all together. Uh, well, I called Barrett. He said, I'm not going to this one. Yeah. It was a Saturday night. I wasn't going Saturday night. He didn't call me. Mm. Oh well, I was. Do we want to get into that? Yeah, we can, Would could, Zach have gone? We can no. get into that because Zach. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna be fake. I called him because he had better seats. So I was like, <laughs> I was actually calling Bear to be like, "Hey, man. Oh, what about those seats you got? He well, didn't offer them though. So oh, you no, don't no, worry. No, we no. was in the burn. I didn't, Someone's already got I didn't them. Have, I didn't have those seats on Saturday night. You know, Saturday it's only night. like five dollars more to not be in the burn. Yeah. I guess, uh, Look, this is what I did. I bought burn tickets, and then we sat at the nice picnic tables that nobody uh, else was at. Me and my nice, Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. We was good. So I'll Columbia, Columbia Fireflies dot com. Yeah. Go check oh, out. On Sunday, I built a workbench. Yeah. Looks nice. And then shout out to who? You went to Lowe's or Home Depot? I went. I went to Lowe's, but I built it myself. This is not on my list. From Scrizzet. There's no shout out for that. I'm shouting myself out. God damn it! Come on now. All right. Well, with that out of the way, we'll go ahead and get started. So me is here, of course, to uh, to. Well, I guess how how would you describe it? So basically, it's been a year. It's almost been exactly a year since me was on the on the show. And a year before that, we were like, you should do this. And it was on May the fourth. Yeah, mm, that's right. I made Star Wars cocktails Correct. for my other project that kind of. Uh, um. <laughs> Speaking of the May, May the Fourth be, be with you, the Fireflies game was, uh, was Star Wars. Was night. Star Wars night, which is yeah. kind of crazy. May yeah. the Sith be with you. Mm. Revenge of the, of the Sith. Sith. Whatever. Revenge. Return or revenge. Whatever. It's all good. Yeah. But that was probably one of the best You're episodes. Right. It we've smells had. like nerd in here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm full of nerd. It's we right talking, over here. We were talking D and D before this started. Mm. It's true. <laughs> so uh but yeah, so yeah, Fireflies had their 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 big thing. They're on the road for two weeks. Mm. So Yeah, it sucks because I was gonna go to a game this week. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's always look, the uh, Carolina baseball is always in town. Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> they were there yesterday and they're almost they're the always in town. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are messing up Amisha. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and yes. let, we'll this let, isn't we'll all about get, nothing. All right, we'll let so, me get So this is my show. All right. <laughs> and uh, what I'm gonna do now is actually just kind of launch into my show. Is there so, alcohol in this? Yeah. Okay. Barrett's like, I'm allergic. I'm not running anything, so. Um, so I'm going to launch into my show. Basically, I'll edit all of that all about nothing stuff out of my episode. Understand. <laughs> yeah. Understand. We're going to leave it all in. Oh, sure. It makes sense for you. No, I mean, we're going to leave this in. <laughs> well, 
fun. <laughs> That's fun for me. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, for the all about nothing guys, um, actually, we're just going to so. Hi, guys, and thank you so much for joining me on this very special crossover podcast event. I am here with the host from another podcast that is part of Barrett Gruber Entertainment and Media and the GOT Podcast Network, my papa pod, if you will, the All About Nothing podcast. Join- like <laughs> joining me today are Trent Clark, Zach King, and Barrett Gruber. Hi. What's going on? <laughs> you know who we are. It's I our think- pleasure to be in Wonderland. <laughs> I am I am thoroughly surprised we didn't step on each other on that one. No, that because, was, because it, normally we didn't want to mess her up. We got the Budweiser thing timed out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, this show is a little different today because it's part Welcome to Wonderland and part the All About Nothing. For them, this is more or less a live show, and they'll be posting on Monday as usual as an All About Nothing episode. For me, I'll go home and do some editing. <laughs> um, and then the Welcome to Wonderland version will also be posted on Monday, May 15th, which, for those of you keeping up with me, is the one-year anniversary of the first episode of Welcome to Wonderland. Hey. Uh, for my <laughs> listeners, you're familiar with my format, but since All About Nothing listeners may not be, this is for them. Okay. Basically, what I do is I get a topic that I or my listeners are curious about, and I dig in. I let myself go down rabbit holes and potentially change directions a lot of times while I'm researching whatever the topic may be. I then ask people around me questions related to that topic. Zach and Barrett are regular uh, participants. Yeah. Uh, When I edit Welcome to Wonderland together, I splice in the answers from people I've interviewed with the research I've done. Typically, each of my episodes is only about 20 or 25 minutes, and this one we're going to be a little bit longer, uh, since it is technically an all-about-nothing episode also. Mm -hmm. And those guys are (laughs) long-winded. I've done episodes on the history of podcasts, Happy Hour, Halloween, and radio as some examples. When I think uh, All About Nothing is categorized as improv, comedy, politics, that kind of thing, Welcome to Wonderland would be classified as educational or informative and is suitable for all ages. Agreed. Some would say we ain't got no education on this end. (laughs) And you're the corrector, so it only makes sense. I feel like we think we're overly educated. (laughs) Yeah, we're confidently dumb. When we come in here, we got our doctorates. I don't want to say say which of us us is is the uh, most educated. Uh, but Me, I went to school for seven years. Come on, guys. That don't make you smarter than everybody. <laughs> yeah. That makes you dumber because you went longer. <laughs> College? Come on, seven, man. Right. Seven? You're supposed to be four years, sir. You're not a College? doctor. Regular Va- Van Wilder over <laughs> you're there. You're not a That's doctor. Seriously, but it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to start out, I always have to wonder about something. I wonder. Yeah, this is really so I can put in my wonder montage. Mm. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> You're supposed to say, I wonder. Oh, I'm supposed to say that? Oh, I mean, I mean was that right, in the no, notes? No, no. no. <laughs> he, he never listened to it. No, sorry. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. I <laughs> wonder. That's fun. All right, so for this op- episode, we tossed around a variety of topics from automobiles to baseball to the NFL, but we decided on a topic that is out of this world. Any thoughts on what that topic might be? The aliens. Um. Yeah. Uh. That green stuff. Uh. I. So if I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna. Uh, am I not supposed to know, or am I supposed to know? It's fine. Okay. UFOs. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're gonna be discussing UFOs and aliens. Mm. But before we can really get into that rabbit hole, we have to start at the top. What is a UFO? It is an unidentified flying object. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Same. 
Yeah, so they nailed it. Uh, This is an unidentified flying object, a term historically used to describe aircraft that aren't easily identifiable or explained. Air Force officer Edward Ruppelt, who investigated aerial phenomena in the 1950s, coined the term unidentified flying objects and UFOs. But interesting fact on this one, the U.S. government uses a different phrase these days to disassociate from science fiction. Any guesses on what term they use? Yeah, that's a UAP. UAP, Yeah, unidentified aerial phenomenon. Perfect. But they've also added some, you may be going to be uh, go over this, but they've <laughs> added some mercibles to it too. Yeah. No, we're only talking about this guy. Oh, <laughs> sorry. They got to so, fly or they're not here. So apparently there are aliens in the ocean too. We just, <laughs> that's well, why when they, go, when they go from the sky into the ocean, we're like, all right, wrap it up. We're done here. Yeah, we're not <laughs> going down there. Not going down that there. That never happens. <laughs> so they use the explore. phrase unidentified aerial phenomena or UAPs. Yep. Good job. <laughs> So if we're going to talk about things that fly, first we're going to go higher and talk about what is flight. Oh. Uh, flight is movement through air. Is it, is it anything? Is it, can, I, I, I guess, yeah, I guess that would be the most yeah, logical But I, I guess you would have to, to actually define it a little bit more to, if, you, if you're going to say flight sustained. I, sustained. Well, but yeah, but can well, you, chickens can technically fly, but they can't fly long oh, distances. Oh, this my is, mother would is, love to have this argument because yeah, like a turkey chickens can fly, chickens like, can't fly; they jump. jump. Yeah, and then they which is the same with birds. But if they're birds. flapping their wings, that's their definition of their flight. Then there's got to be a distance equivalent for like, all right, that's sustained. Okay, flight. I'm gonna give you a prime example. If somebody's a long jumper and he can't jump as long as other people, you're not gonna say he can't. He's not a long jumper. He just can't jump as far as other people. He's still a jumper. So he's a long jumper. He's jumping farther than you and me. That's what I'm trying to say. So he's, uh, he totally still can fly. Totally, we can't fly. I wanted Trent to be like, no, you don't know how far I can jump. <laughs> well, I used to be a long jumper. It, Did you? This, yeah. This, oh. this feels like an it, an what is is kind of conversation. Oh, I'm waiting flight for the, is, There's not many other words. I'm waiting for the Carl Tuckinson gotcha. Now, ostrich. <laughs> the ostrich I've never seen fly. But a chicken, I've technically seen a chicken fly to See, get away. Chickens don't fly. They, they do. They, they, they flap no. their wings and they get up for a little bit and then they come down. If they don't migrate, they don't fly. Yeah, I, I could go with that. Nah, man. I mean, <laughs> give us the correct answer of flight, please. So flying is the process by which an object moves through an area without touching a planetary surface. This flight takes, takes place within an atmosphere, such as an aviation, or through a vacuum of outer space, as is the case with space flight. Flight is typically achieved in one of three primary ways. By generating aerodynamic lift associated with gliding or propulsive thrust, aerostatically using buoyancy buoyancy mm-hmm. or by ballistic movement so aerostatic or aerostatic flight or buoyant flight is a method by which the device stays aloft using buoyancy which gives the aircraft the same overall density as air so what kinds of things do you think use buoyant flight a balloon yeah like a like a uh, weather balloon weather or balloons the um yeah uh what else a kite no a kite uses lift yeah, um, trying to think of that. I think a balloon. If you're going to talk about the buoyancy, where it's ba- making itself as dense equal to the the air surrounding it, or maybe a helicopter. Yeah, because with a with a hot air balloon, the reason you're heating up the air is to make the air less dense, than so that the air around yeah, it. than the air around it. So it a helicopter actually technically doesn't fly. I mean, I guess to that definition, it does. So but you're saying a chicken and a helicopter can't <laughs> fly? Is what you're saying? Helicopters, <laughs> helicopters beat the air. But, down. A, heli- but a helicopter uses lift as well yeah, because yeah. the rotator, the, the the balloons. Yeah, yeah. 
Aerostats include balloons, mm. both free balloons, such as hot air balloons, and moored balloons, which are tethered, such as the balloons in the Macy's Day Parade. Mm. I'm well, always tethered. As well as airships, like the Goodyear Blimp. The Blimps. <laughs> so aerodynamic. Aerodynamic flight comes in many different forms, which can be powered or unpowered. I'm going to borrow directly from Wikipedia on this one because it's very concise. Some things that fly do not generate propulsive thrust through the air. For example, the flying squirrel. (laughs) This is termed gliding. Some things can exploit rising air to climb as raptors when gliding and man-made sailplane gliders. This is termed soaring. However, most birds and all powered aircraft need a source of propulsion to climb. This is termed powered flight. Mm-hmm. So can you think of some examples that would be considered aerodynamic flight, either powered or unpowered? Chickens. <laughs> no, man. She just basically. Unpowered. Uh, uh, the, the squirrel no glides. Way. So he's gliding using his. Just like a chicken. The chicken jumps up and he's in the air flapping around. It, he he can't can sustain. flap around for a little bit. A chicken cannot sustain flight. At least flight. three seconds. They that, don't have to sustain flight to fly. Well, gonna exactly. Su- that's well, what I'm trying to tell su- y'all. Let's just sustain this. All right. <laughs> All right. So other things that fly? Airplanes. Yeah. We, I, I mean, you have bottle rockets. Helicopters. Helicopters. Uh, Jets. Very small rocks. Bullets. <laughs> That's a very small rock. <laughs> yeah, very small rocks. Uh, bullets technically do fly, I guess. No, sure. Well, yeah, but... They but were remember, there's a third type of flight. Yeah. So, for the aerodynamic flight, there are countless examples in the animal world, from birds, including chickens, mm. to insects, to bats. In the mechanical world, there are airplanes and helicopters, and spacecraft. Yeah. Mm. So finally, that third type we were talking about, ballistic flight. While aerodynamic flight creates lift, ballistic flight includes little to no lift and moves primarily under the action of momentum, gravity, and in some cases, thrust. Mm -hmm. Can you think of some examples that would be considered ballistic flight? Yeah, the bottle rocket. The bottle rocket, yeah. Well, yeah. Bottle rocket. No, it's not moving under momentum. Yeah. It's, it's given thrust until it's dead, and then then it becomes ballistic. I would reckon because the Rockets, sparks come down first, if, and if then it pushes it up. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bullets because it has one. As soon as it's shot, there's no more thrust for it. Right. Um. So that would be like cannonballs would have done the yeah. same thing. A catapults yeah. that would have done that. Slingshots. Slingshots. Yeah, slingshots. Sure. A good one. That was the other one. Yeah. And you got very small rocks. See. See. <laughs> baseballs. Baseballs. Comes back around. I see what you're doing, Base, brother. Baseballs. Footballs. <laughs> Technically, because footballs do fly. Technically. Balls. Arrows. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta start it over. <laughs> For mine. Don't laugh. I'm gonna say the okay. word balls. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe you say another word and then say balls. <laughs> balls. <laughs> okay. Arrows. Balls. Fireworks and bullets are all ballistic flight. Okay. Spacecraft is also considered ballistic flight, which almost gets us to where we're going on this trip to Wonderland. Mm. We've talked about the we've, blah, blah, blah. we've talked about what flight is and some of the things that fly, but all of these things are identifiable and explained. So none of these things are UFOs. When, Until they're identified. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what just hit me? <laughs> um. When do you think... Foul ball. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's probably a... <laughs> when do you think the first reported UFO sighting was? Oh, year one. Man, trying to start a fire going, what the hell is that? <laughs> nah, I think it was 1940. 
I don't see. No, dude. No, there's hieroglyphics in, yeah. in Egypt. Uh, but she said reported. I mean, if there's a hieroglyph, I feel like that's reporting. Yeah, that's, the Bible, the I mean, Bible it's the, Gita is full it's of the, it. It's easily the, 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 the least. The first newspaper is what you're trying yeah, to say? Yeah, it's, it's the least movable newspaper. But uh, We're not going to go down ancient alien territory, but, you know, the Mesopotamians and stuff like that, the Anunnaki, they have, they're like, there was something in the sky. I'm going with that. Y'all got it yesterday. Even the Bible. A, oh, a year? Give a year. Right. Give a year, man. Y'all got to give a year. 6122 B.C. Uh, 10,000 B.C. <laughs> Y'all are going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> the first well-known UFO sighting was oh, in... Oh, well-known. Well-known. Oh, that was the caveat. Y'all didn't hear, oh, the, y'all didn't hear the key word. Then it's 1942, Roswell, New Mexico. I said 1940s. That means I will win. That was crashed. Hold on. Wait, wait. Let her give her the first well-known UFO sighting was in 1947. Hey! <laughs> I'm smarter than y'all. I, I told you. I think I said 47, though. You said 47. You said 16 BC. Yeah, but then I singled it down to <laughs> 1947. And is actually what gave rise to the term flying saucer to describe mm. UFOs. Kenneth Arnold, a businessman in Mount Rainier, Washington, claimed to see a group of nine high-speed objects while flying his small plane. He estimated their speed was several thousand miles per hour and reported they moved like, quote, saucers skipping on water, which then a newspaper incorrectly reported as objects themselves being saucer-shaped. So, flying saucers. In reality, Arnold described the shape of the objects as crescent-shaped. Hmm. They flew into a mountain, didn't they? Like, uh, they... Uh, if that's if I'm, it's the one I'm thinking of, they the, there was an incident or where, around it. Yeah, there was a it was a like they a believed that, here. Yeah, it yeah. flew in the they he saw him either fly into or maybe I'm wrong. But or I think was, he, I think he flew into the mountain after he reported. <laughs> <laughs> he flew into some shrooms. Oh it was a short radio transmission <laughs> yeah. back. Definitely, you're not gonna believe what I'm seeing here. You know, I really thought that this was gonna be easier for me to edit. <laughs> <laughs> I just leave it in. <laughs> So, also in 1947, a rancher named W.W. Mac Brazel came across a 200-yard-long wreckage near an Army airfield in... Roswell, New Mexico. Yes. Roswell, New Mexico. I thought you were wanting a year. No, I just said 1947. Oh, sorry. Are you even listening? You're listening to her. (laughs) Local Local papers reported what... Local papers reported what Brazil found was the remains of a flying saucer. The U.S. military's official statement was that it was a weather balloon, but only after Public Information Officer Walter Hout issued a press release in which he referred to the found object as a disc. Gentlemen, if you'll step this way, you'll get to see the giant weather balloon that we haven't quite invented yet, but here it is. <laughs> well, I, I know why he said that, and I know what the explanation for it being that is, but I'm not taking away from Amis' podcast. <laughs> We can actually discuss it because here I only say, which meant that plenty of citizens were wary that the government was trying to hide something. Oh, like we still are. Why would our government government try to hide something? Can I say? uh, So the explanation is they were trying to hide something. So they would put these seismic. um, Oh, it's alien. (laughs) Did you bite it? No, Did you yeah, swallow it? No, it's back in there. I it oh, oh, God. God, talk. <laughs> I'm used to crunching my eyes. So, oh, no, alien. I was like, did they get you? <laughs> Did they get you? <laughs> I was about to start talking, and she's like, no, it's aliens. I was like, fine. I thought, I mean, I thought she swallowed the sucker. She... <laughs> True believer. Go ahead, Zach. So, what, so, during that time, it was Cold War, all that going on right after World War II, and everyone's testing nuclear weapons. 
And what they would do is put a microphone on the weather balloon and put it up in the thin atmosphere. Okay. And you could detect nuclear detonations because it's such a thin atmosphere. You would detect the waves with a microphone on it. Right. And when it crashed, they didn't want anybody, much less Russians, finding out that, oh, are they putting microphones up there to detect? What are they doing that for? Right. to, to, To detect. They may have done that, but that's not what that was. I was gonna say, so I, I, I was curious as to what your belief was. What did you do? You believe that it's the government's covering up some sort of a uh, an accidental? That doesn't out. believe no, anything. No, the, the well, the thing is about Roswell. It is cloudy. Could it be that? Sure, but f- from people who helped load the wreckage came right like regular army privates. Like you know, no secret is going to be kept that well. It's hard. Yeah, you're right. It's the, hard the, to the, unless you threaten people. Well, they came out like multiple people came out like who helped load the wreckage that our army that were enlisted at the time have no reason to keep it secret they were like no it was not a balloon in any which way was it a balloon the guy who owned the ranch um still found more even after they left and and he's like no it's not a balloon but they had that picture of a guy holding tinfoil and a couple sticks and going like balloon yeah no, I don't think I don't. weather balloons are made of tinfoil, though. No, that doesn't that, that doesn't make much sense either. But it could have been the apparatus, like the basket housing yeah. the microphone. Maybe. So I don't know, but you I don't think, think they made them sign. Show NDAs? me, the, show me, You could at least show me the balloon part, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah show know. us the end of it where you had to blow it up. <laughs> yeah. You don't Where's believe in MD, you don't believe in NDAs back then, back in the day, like yeah, talk, absolutely. They're making them sign I, something, I, to be like, hey, if you talk sure. about this, had it, had it happened during the Twitter time, you would have passed it off as a as a punch post, like something you wouldn't have paid paid attention to. But back then. It's such taboo for me to be like, I'm going to go out and tell you. One balloon. They'd be like, oh, crazy man who worked no, on the army. They used to sell those magazines all the time. And like when Dixie, you know what they call <laughs> you know, You know that Week magazine. Dude, yeah, 1947, yeah. my dude. Nah, the Weekly Inquirer was crazy. <laughs> There's nothing better to do in the desert than make up some lies. <laughs> <laughs> the public continued to be wary. And the comp- conspiracy grew in 1950 when dummies with skin made of latex and bones made of aluminum that reportedly looked like aliens fell from the sky, also in New Mexico. And a lot of people in New Mexico were offended at the fact that they were all dummies. Mm. <laughs> well, and they're all going, is this a thing now? <laughs> why do Mexicans love, I mean, why do uh, aliens whoa, love Mexicans so much? Whoa, what? New Mexico? Yeah, yeah, why do they love that so New it's Mexicans? It's open flat land, no trees to run into. Well, it's different from the old Mexicans. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the military quickly retrieved these dummies and... <laughs> And declare that there were dumb. They, and declare that they were dummy drops to test for new ways for pilots to survive falls. Oh, hmm. that's yeah. a that's a that's a brave uh, that's a brave uh, again, toss there. Again, Is that a thing to do? Again, if you no. had cell phones, you would have found like TMC footage of a guy rifle butting the dummy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just making sure. Fast forward 50 years later, and the government's official story regarding the Roswell wreckage is that it was part of Project Mogul, mm. a top secret atomic espionage project. Yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 I kind of lean towards the idea that that's probably what it was. Because, man, we only, as far as like wreckage that's been found by people reported now, like for the most part, you don't see a whole lot of it. And, I'm, and I don't, with social media, you'd think that you would see it a lot more often. That's why they say they actually don't see it anymore. And not because to, of cell phones. Not to wow. toot my own horn, but years ago when I was unemployed. <laughs> I took free Stanford education. What part courses. were you? What part were you tooting your own horn? Well, to? I, I was taking <laughs> online Stanford courses that were for free oh, okay. uh, on physics, and the, that professor actually discussed that whole. Just thing. to say, you went to Stanford. I did go to Stanford. <laughs> it's part of his seven years, man. Seven years. <laughs> That's not. That's I, a seven year <laughs> but despite the government's consistent stance that they were not UFOs, they were at least keeping tabs on these sightings. 
officially called Project Sign, the U.S. Air Force began investigating reports of UFOs in 1948. Their primary concern was that with Cold War tension mounting, that these sightings were likely sophisticated Soviet aircraft. But some researchers suggested they could be from other worlds, the so-called extraterrestrial hypothesis, ETH. Mm. Project Sign was replaced by Project Grudge in 1949, and in 1952, Project Grudge was replaced by Project Blue Book. Who was the uh, Who was the guy that was the the lead on the Project Grudge? That was um, oh, I cannot remember his name. He played Nirvana. Uh, that's Grunge. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Lieutenant Kirk Cobain. <laughs> Colonel, sir. Yeah, Admiral Kirk Cobain. <laughs> the longest live official inquiries into UFOs. This project was headquartered in Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, and closed in 1969. The National Archives offers no information on sightings after that date, but the entire Project Blue Book has been declassified, and the, re- and the records are available for examination in the National Archives. I think there's still there's still a lot of redactions in them. Like, I've pulled oh, them up. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's still really redacted. Freedom of this information. <laughs> yeah. like it's just, oh, you requested that. Well, you're going to have to read through the uh, the black markers. Oh, I've, I've read. I mean, there's so many reports within Project Blue Book that you, you kind of get why they were like, well, turn it off eventually. <laughs> like, But then you can read that. I've read that one for the most part. And then I've read Majestic 12, which you, I don't know if you have that in there, but Majestic 12 is very interesting as well. Mm. Just to give a little conspiracy thing on that, um, uh, with algorithms, they can control what, what goes viral. And I think... I think the reason why there isn't a lot of videos right now because if it is a legit video, I think they are concealing it and they're not letting it go viral. There's a guy, um, and Logan Paul tried to buy his video and he recorded it in 1992 of the most damning evidence of a UFO. Like, it's, like, really close. And Logan Paul actually recorded that guy showing it to him even though the guy wouldn't sell. He he had 100 great cash to give him. Gotcha. And Logan Paul snuck it. And now Logan Paul has video of the video. Oh, yeah. But won't release it. Probably because it gets sued massively. Yeah. 100%. So let's talk numbers. How many UFO sightings do you think have been reported? In the last what? You mean like total? Since 1942? Millions. Yeah, I got I got to assume there's there's got to be I'll go with hundreds of thousands. I'm going with 32,000. Very specific. Yeah. <laughs> so in the 22 years that Project Blue Book was in play, there were 12,618 sightings reported to the project. Well, if this was Price of Right, we all lost. No, that's I mean, I'm that's pretty close. That's like 52 to 69. Or oh, okay. 59, 69. That's 12,000. I'm pretty I'm still in the running. <laughs> <laughs> that's roughly one and a half sightings a day for 22 years. But of those 12,618 pro- reports, the government has debunked or explained all except for 701, Ooh. which to this day remain unidentified. And that's your swamp gas theory comes from Project, Project Blue Book. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. The, ve- the the swamp gas uh, aligned with the uh, with the, the, the Mercury the, and retrograde. Yeah, yes. metri- yeah, yeah, with the Venus, yeah, Venus swamp gas. So there was a period of time where the government wasn't collecting official reports of UFOs or UAP sightings, but on November 26, 2021, the Airborne Object Identification Management Synchronization Group was established to synchronize efforts across the Department of Defense and other federal departments and agencies to to detect, identify, and attribute objects of interest in special use airspace. This effort... This effort was renamed with an expanded scope on July 15, 2022, to the All-Domain De- All Anomaly Resolution Office, the AARO. Arrow. Different from the AARP. <laughs> but that's Arrow. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> 
We know you went. To, we know whose class you went to. Stanford. Like Stanford. <laughs> Initially, National Intelligence reported 144 sightings in a 2021 report, but just earlier this year, that number was 510, mm. due in part to some new reports and in part to some older ones that were discovered in files. Hmm. I just found them laying around. The muzzle orb and stuff like that. Those must have been the Can't reports imagine. at uh, Biden's house. Can't imagine how efficient the uh, the government is with their documentation. That's what Trump was trying to bury. Yeah. <laughs> An office within the Department of Defense has determined that about half of these additional 366 sightings display unremarkable characteristics. Hmm. Of the additional sightings, though, 26 have been, characteri- have been initially characterized as drones, mm-hmm. 163 as balloon-like objects, Six is aerial clutter, which leaves 171 unexplained, some of which exhibited, quote, unusual flight characteristics or performance and require further analysis. And that's, that's out of all of them in the United States that have been reported. There's, there's only a ha- basically a handful of them that they just cannot figure out what they are. Drones make a lot of sense, though, because you got to think about Drones have propulsion. But just but think about this. We didn't have drones for a very long time. Like drones are a very new thing. So they had to be oh, somebody that was years. testing them out. It had to be somebody that was flying them. Yeah, but a drone still either flies under jet propulsion or propeller. Yeah, Not you, if you it, make it look like a, a, a UFO. But, no, how, how but then you, you have IR it? so they can read you make it circular. You can read heat signatures and stuff. And drones have batteries or obvious propulsion make friction show up have signatures that you can tell. Plus, most of the ones we're talking about, especially the ones they can't say anything about, are because they don't have any of those. They'll stop on a dime, shift direction, and instantly like reach like terminal velocity. But don't, have you never seen a drone footage? Yeah, but of somebody in, flying. They stop on dimes. They turn. They oh, move like, quick. Oh, you're like, talking about you're talking about like the uh, quad quad drones. Yeah, like quad propeller that's, drones. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's different. That's different. not. But they can, but those don't fly as high. Like a like oh, a military yeah. drone will fly at 60,000 feet. But like I'm saying sub, like you got to like think about the drones blow. that we have and the drones that military has. It has to be like. More advanced, it has to be like you get what I'm saying. It has sure. to be, but they has the, to look the, different. The military doesn't report their own shit. Correct, but if somebody sees that military flying object and they don't know it's from the military, they're gonna be like, "Hey, that's a that's an alien." Well, well so like when you fly, like the one example when they're flying off Virginia Beach in 2017 or whatever yeah. it was, they're not gonna have you flying where their test stuff is. They're like, "Guess what vector you can't go to? This whole airspace." <laughs> like. Yeah, and those drones were flying like I mean, if that was a drone, it was flying like just above sea. And you and you're you got guys who've shot down missiles and have flown with other combative pilots going, Oh my god, how this thing is blisteringly fast right now. Like how Oh yeah, when they they'll see it coming at them and it flies past them at five or six times the speed that they're traveling towards it. Mm -hmm. And you know, and sometimes they catch it on their FLIR or Mm -hmm. you know, their uh, what is that? What is the FLIR? But I, I do love the skepticism trick because that's what you need to approach it with. Yeah, <laughs> come up with it, man. You got you to find a way. But these sightings certainly aren't all of them. And if you look closely enough, there are reports of what amounts to unidentified flying objects going back to antiquity. If you've listened to my podcast before, you know that Plenty the Elder and his writings come up a lot. Believe it or not, UFOs are strangely not an exception. In 76 BC, Pliny the Elder reported in chapter 25 of his The Natural History, a chapter called Ominous Appearance in the Heavens that was seen only once. Oh, this is where I, oh, okay. And 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 I, apologies to my voice coach from like 1997. So, well, you have a new voice coach. He's right here. <laughs> 
<laughs> As he did it silently. Come on. All right. We have an account of a spark falling from a star and increasing as it approaches the earth until it became the size of the moon, shining as through a cloud. It afterwards... <laughs> <laughs> Make it so hard for me to edit. Start it over. Let me start over. Start over. Here we go. I'm going to give you some dramatic music when you start, all right? You ready? No. (laughs) (laughs) We have an account of a spark falling from a star and increasing as it approaches the earth until it becomes the size of the moon, shining as through a cloud. It afterwards returned into the heavens and was converted into a lampus. This occurred in the consulship of Octavius and Scribonius. Scribonus. It was believed by Silenus, the pronosal. Prog- it was prog- seen by <laughs> Silenus, the proconsul. Proconsul. That makes more sense. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm going to start over. Okay. I'm going to give you some real dramatic music so you can really get it right. You ready? Green juice. Are you ready? (laughs) One, two, three. Oh. All right. Let me, let me, for her edit, let me do it again. We have a council of, we have, come on, bear, get it right. Try again. There you go. We have an account of a spark falling from a star and increasing as it approached the earth until it became the size of the moon, shining as through a cloud. It afterwards returned into the heavens and was converted into a lampus. This occurred in the councilship of Octavius and Scribonius. It was seen by Silanus, the proconsul, and his attendants. It would be difficult to reconcile this phenomenon with any acknowledged atmospheric phenomenon. Phenomenon. <laughs> Do you want me to read it? Do you want to try? Yeah. God. Is, are you about to read the same as that thing Look, you read? Yeah. All right, here we go. You ready? You ready for your dramatic music? Shut up, Trent. It's not funnier the fourth time. It's pretty funny. All right. We have an account of a spark falling from a star and increasing as it approached the Earth until it became the size of the moon, shining. As though a cloud. Damn it. (laughs) Through. We have an account of a spark falling from a star and increasing as it approached the earth until it became the size of the moon, shining as through a cloud. It afterwards returned into the heavens and was coveted. Damn it. (laughs) I didn't touch it until you messed up. It's harder than it looks, right? Go. We have an account of a spark falling from a star and increasing as it approached the earth until it became the size of the moon, shining as through a cloud. It afterwards returned into the heavens and was converted into Olympus. This occurred in the consulship of Count Octavius and Sirius Bonius. It was seen by Solanus, the proconsul, and his attendants. It would be difficult to reconcile this phenomenon with any kind of acknowledged atmospherical phenomenon. All right, I'll take that. That was good. Congratulations. 
pretty good, man. So you're going to blend both of their voices together? Or I don't <laughs> even know what's going to happen. Say it like an oracle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going to happen is I'm going to be like, we have an account of a spark falling from the <laughs> Oh, God, don't do that. We just tried so hard. And quote. <laughs> just tried right? so hard. Glad y'all didn't get me to read it, but y'all good. <laughs> Try, we had a sport. <laughs> By Simonius and uh, An- Antravius. <laughs> People was like, why? I don't know if you know, but Silas saw it too. <laughs> Silas. Silas and his brothers. And a dude. And a dude. <laughs> Put that on our cracker, dude. <laughs> He's like, damn, put that on a cracker, dude. Even before the advent of UFOs or UAPs, sightings of otherworldly or unexplainable objects in the sky have been reported. So I'm going to be honest, a lot of this went sideways and I went into a lot of rabbit holes. There's a map of different sightings and pictures of tons of them. As far as actual estimated count of worldwide UFO sightings, other than the U.S. numbers I just spoke about, I couldn't find anything definitive. Oh. I know um, the British had a, had a, Italy had a program. Italy a ton. Yeah, Italy. Russia's got tons. Got tons. Yeah. So um, at this point... Uh, we can uh, talk a little more about some of the UFO sightings if you want to, because we're getting ready to shift into something else. Sure. Is that what you want to do? Should we take a break first? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Said no editing. See, that's me. where the dun 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 go. Yeah. <laughs> and quickly, Zach was put in his place, <laughs> as if through a cloud. Zach well, was put in his place by the corrector. Because when we get to the end here, I have a line that says, "So I don't think we can talk about UFOs without talking about who might be flying them." So are you ready to talk about aliens? And then you guys will say, yes, of course I'm ready. And then I'll say, too bad, we're going to break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I needed today. So UFOs are pre-break. Spoiler aliens alert. Aliens are post-break. <laughs> okay. Fair, 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 I wish fair. I would have knew that for the first part of the episode. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, I, I, I mean, as far as like alien or UFO crashes, I, I'm not I'm not certain that I know of a whole lot of them, except for like Roswell is one. And That's I know how they want it to be, Barry. They, they keep don't the want crashes you to know. down. Um, yeah, we can talk about them though. She's going to have some. No, oh. I'm only going to, no, I'm not. I'm going to show you the map. Oh, actually, can I send it to you? And you can yeah, there? yeah, okay. yeah. So she'll um, send me the map. Okay. So there's a, she's there's the a map. I can't she's remember, the the, it's like Pavlov's Pass or something like that, where in Russia, they found these hikers eventually where all their tongues and eyes were stuck, cut out of their heads. Uh-huh. Really? Real? Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I've been, you know, I've been watching the the Secrets of the Skinwalker Skin Ranch. Robert Bigelow. Yeah, yeah, well, they've been they've been doing the it's it's been on for like four seasons. It's on the fourth season now, but and it's interesting. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know how much of it is, you know. Oh, that place is. There's a lot of legit, but how much is being? Because the new you're watching the one with the new guy who bought it. Yeah, yeah. Um, if there's an actual Skinwalker, that would be freaking terrifying, dude. Yeah, I don't know that I want to see that. Uh, this map makes a lot of those sense. Those are from Native American folklore, too, though. This yeah. map makes a lot of sense. Oh, okay. Why Why is that? Because not one in South Carolina. Exactly. <laughs> well, these are crashes, correct? Yeah, these yeah. are reported. Yeah, no, no alien. No, these are sightings. So oh, these are just You sightings. can actually hover over, hover over them, and it'll turn, tell you more. You can click on it, and it'll tell you more. And this is, I was like, no, no, I can't go into every UFO sighting right. that ever, ever happened. Oh, no, we will just pick the stakes we like. Well, See, I saw my first UFO at, at Myrtle Beach, and uh, it was... I was like, okay, that's a that's a thing. What did you see? Um, sure, it just wasn't a cricket. No, dude. Okay, edited. Um, you can put it on a cracker. <laughs> so like, I'm on the. It was Gabrielle and her parents and her family were staying in this hotel room, and I was just out on the balcony, and I literally look up and see, like, uh, it was, the bottom of it was just dark, almost like a shadow going through the air, really high. But around it was a dim light, and as it moved through, it was just hovering. Huh. But it was you could see it go through the cloud, come out of the cloud. And I'm talking like it wasn't so high up. 
but it wasn't a balloon or anything because then it just went dark and gone. You know mm. they do those helicopter uh, rides at night. Too. It was quiet as hell, bud. Okay, a helicopter would be a lot higher than this was. Like it was, it was, it was like I think it was on like dim mode or something because it, there's nothing. I've seen Starlink, and at first I was like, "Holy crap, aliens!" And then I was like, "Hold on, that looks like Starlink." So mm. like I couldn't explain what this was okay. at all. Yeah, I, I, I've never, I have never actually, I can't claim to have ever actually seen one. Yeah, that's the only time I've seen one. It's so funny that it's a sighting at Area 51. Well, yeah. <laughs> because you sit on that Can't nobody get in there? Who's seen that? Yeah, but no, no. So people will sit yeah. like on like adjacent to it with cameras and whatnot, and they say they, they see things they see things fly over all the time. That's how Bob mm. Lazar got caught. Oh. Because he was taking his buddies out there. He's like, I'm telling you there's alien craft. And then eventually they got really loosey-goosey and even bought an RV one time. You know what's – so I, I, I went over to New Hampshire. Uh, I've actually I've actually hiked uh, White Mountain. Really? So that's the area – Why that, didn't you hike Black Mountain? Oh, don't read that one because we're going to talk about them later. Oh, Betty right. and Barney Hill? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew exactly what that one was. Uh, let's see. Fargo, North Dakota. So I, I can tell a story from a friend of mine who, who worked for uh, the Air Force for years. Uh, he was in the Air Force from like – 58 to 69 or 70. Uh, and that's and, a friend of yours? Yeah. So uh, he worked. High school buddies. He worked. Uh, <laughs> mm, so he worked uh, a radar station in, in North Dakota. Okay. And uh, there and there were multiple radar stations all across the, the from the Pacific Northwest all the way across the Maine. And, and they're all in communication with each other. And he told this story about one night. Uh, they watched something come out of Canada into Minnesota and and basically, it crossed the United States in about a minute and a half. Wow! And and, and radar radar all the entire way across. They watched it. They scrambled jets to go after it. They couldn't keep up with it. Like they 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 had jets that took off somewhere near the uh, the the others between Montana and Idaho. Uh, they scrambled jets out of an air base in Montana that intercepted it as it flew past them. Like and and the pilots were on the radio. the The radio, is, I don't. The audio is probably couldn't something have been that, the Blackbird. Not not like in a minute and a half. I mean, it the Blackbird flies fast. What if yeah. it was in three two time? Oh, oh, you're talking about five four time. Five, four, Thank nine. you very much. <laughs> five four time. One two three four five two three. Yeah. Anyway, but but that was that he told that story and he, he was he was working the radar in North Dakota in Fargo, North Dakota, and that was. That Could you was imagine being woken up out of your sleep as a soldier and being like, "Hey, something's flying over. Let's go get it." And you like, as soon as you get into your thing, you're in the air. That thing just like. But see, they yeah, been past. around the world twice and, and everything, and it once and <laughs> never seen nothing like but, that. But when they just when he, when they talked about it and when they did briefing, you know, when they had to do their briefing report afterwards, like it was it was labeled as something Russian. It was it Not had really. to been something Russian. This had to be either some sort of supersonic jet or a supersonic missile, which we just recently uh, unveiled that we have a supersonic. The U.S. has a supersonic missile. Why well, we yeah. always blame our our enemies? Why? Well, <laughs> yeah, what I mean, what else be, are you going to do? It's just it, that's it, Occam's razor. The most the most common explanation should be the most reasonable explanation. I don't simplest. know, man. I, I just don't see. I just don't see if Russia has well, something like that. that to, don't tell that to Congress. That's how we got them listening right now. But I'm just saying, I just don't see <laughs> Russia like not using that to their advantage if they have something like that. They, and guess what, Barrett? They, they I mean, Trent. They think the exact same thing. Mm. <laughs> They're so going can, like that's America. You can see on there they've got some things that are just abductions. You've got some things where it's Air Force jet chases UFO and then it vanishes. That's down in uh, Q and Yeah. 
Where? Oh, oh, in uh, uh, near the north of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Oh, Can where? Need- what? What did they say in Florida? What happened in Florida? I need to. You want to see what happened in Florida. So that's the Everglades. Everglades. So Mm. it says the Sinister Saucer, uh, and I can't read it from here. Scoutmaster, Sonny somebody or another, was driving some Boy Scouts near West Palm Beach when dot, dot, dot. Can we really really trust a Boy Scout instructor? So, uh, (laughs) yeah, uh, was driving some Boy Scouts near West Palm Beach when they saw a bright light flash over the Palmetto Grove. He stopped to investigate and late... Uh, later. And later emerged terrified with burns on his arms and a tail of a 30-foot diameter saucer that had enveloped him in a red mist. Grass in the grove was singed and its roots charred. So I, so yeah. he died? That's what they're saying? No, 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 no. He was no. scared. No, he and was he was burned. <laughs> but that's like, you know, uh, with some UFO sightings and, and that community, they, they, they crop circles are still a big yeah. thing. Like, they're across England, there have been uh, an increasing number of crop circles. I just never believed recently. in crop circles because I just don't believe well, You can't believe. not believe in them. They exist. No, I mean, but I'm saying real. I just don't believe the aliens did it. I just think they got better sure. things to do with their time. <laughs> you would think a farmer does. <laughs> unless, unless, and, and, and I'm just going to. But remember, we're the same people who put giant. Letters metal. on the side of a mountain in, in Los Angeles? No giant oh. metal towers out in the desert. Obelisks. Yeah. Obelisks. I was who did that? say it wrong. Have, <laughs> we, have, we, have, we, have they determined who it was that did that? Did somebody uh, come One forward? was from a YouTube, or a YouTube group claimed it, but yeah, people made them. Oh, okay. Yeah, like there's like two shops who were like, yeah, we made them. Oh, oh they were nicely like, if you, made. If you were just to push it over, it has our signature underneath. <laughs> right on the bottom. It's also, a there's a camera that puts you on our live feed. Yeah, right. there you go. See, that makes more sense. But yeah, the, the in, in England, they've had... but. In England, they've had some. They've had so many crop circles recently pop up, but they they don't think that. I I guess the NBC the, did a documentary on that. But it, the, it was like people that had like like little contraptions where they step on it to push the grass down. Yeah, it's called I've a seen that. A rope. Yeah, I've yeah, seen I've that. seen that. But it, it's it, they're much more elaborate than that. They all go into yeah. the same direction. They enter like they they will go down on it and they'll find where mm-hmm. it like interweaves and. So you believe in six cents. Do I believe in Sixth Sense? I, I, mean, I the saw movie, the movie. Right? Yeah. Water's not beating them aliens. Let's just put that up. <laughs> well, and that was that was signs, not oh not, signs. Yeah, that's Sixth Sense was dead people. difference between aliens and dead All right, so I don't think we can talk about UFOs without talking about who might be flying them. So, are you ready to talk about aliens? Yeah. Yes. Well, you're gonna have to wait. We're taking a brief break. All right, we'll take a break. Hey, Nothingers. The Fireflies have had some trouble with the Red Sox up in Salem, Virginia, dropping three of their first four games this week, winning their lone game with the winning run coming in the top of the ninth from a box. Since Brennan McNair scored on that box, the Fireflies have gone 0 for 19 with runners in scoring position and scored only two runs in their last pair of games. Despite some offensive trouble this week, the team is still hanging on to a share of first place. They're tied with Kannapolis entering Saturday's slate of games and find themselves three and a half games in front of Myrtle Beach and Augusta. The pitching staff continues to hold their own against each team Columbia has gone up against. After their first 31 games, the Fireflies have a 3-12 ERA, which is good for the third best team ERA in all of minor league baseball, trailing first place Tulsa, who has carried a 275 mark through their start to the season. After this weekend's slate against Salem, Columbia will stay in Virginia as they journey to the coast to face the Fredericksburg Nationals starting Tuesday. From Carillion Clinic Field in Salem, I'm John Kosas. What's up? This is Neat the Geek, and you're listening to the All About Nothing podcast. And we're back. 
welcome back to the All About Nothing podcast. Going to turn it back over to me for uh, another, uh, or I guess another segment of the uh, Welcome to Wonderland. We're in Wonderland. And we're back and ready to talk about aliens. Again, we're going to start broad and then go down some rabbit holes. So broadly, what is an alien? Not from here. Not terrestrial. Well, it depends. Are we watching Fox News? Yes, yeah, so because I was about to say that. It's, uh, it's, it's anyone. Yeah, their, their alien is not from America. So alien. Yeah, anyone not white, I guess, is what they consider. Mm, so yeah. a- alien is not of Earth when you were talking about what we're talking about. Yeah, does does. Does alien is Unknown. A, does alien actually like stand for anything? Yeah, that's what I know ET too. is extraterrestrial. Like FBI, no, alien yeah. just means strange to your norm. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah so when sense. we go to Mars, we're the aliens. So who coined sure. the phrase alien? Couldn't tell you. Okay. But if we're going dictionary definition, an alien is either A, a person who is not of a particular group or place, B, a foreign born resident who has not been naturalized and is still a subject or citizen of a foreign country, or C, Coming from another world, extraterrestrial. Mm. Ding, ding, ding. Well, this so is the we'll one we're going for. Break down our root words, extra, not of Earth, terrestrial Earth. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Stanford, guys. So based on what is likely not firsthand experience, I'm going to guess, how would you describe an alien? Appearance, features, mannerisms, etc.? Well, again, I guess if uh, if I'm going for the Fox News definition, um, please don't. Oh, all right. So <laughs> I will not then. Uh, um, she's trying to broaden her audience. Well, you got the you got the uh, the triangle shaped head with the big eyes and the 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 lack of most as far as like a mouth or facial features. And then you very, got the tentacles. So yeah, I mean, aliens like you can go with Men in Black definitions where they show like a myriad of different ones, but you have your grays. I like that word. You use. Yeah, the grays. That's who I was describing. That's your big, grays. big black eyes, little nostrils and mouth like a lot of people think those eventually those are humans from the future whatever but aliens can be just a stranger you meet that can be an alien there's there's no there's nothing that says it has to be humanoid or anything like that you well, know there's a I lizard mean? the lizard people aren't those aren't those supposed reptilians? to be like reptilians yeah those are aliens. i don't agree. yeah see now we're going into fox news stuff oh like so, <laughs> that's i don't know about all that crap but yeah like who knows what they really look it's just strange but i think they're Interaction would be more strange than their appearance at times. I definitely think tentacles when I think aliens. Like when he has the baby in the backseat? Yeah, 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 definitely. The octopus yeah, aliens. Definitely. Yeah. Because, you know, we we don't search the ocean, so I think that's what aliens are, man. He's that's like, it's a boy, spits out all the goop. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty evident that we think of a lot of different things when we think of aliens. Some people think of xenomorphs from the Aliens movies. It annoys me during my Google searches when I type in alien and it just brings up the xenomorphs. <laughs> How many Google searches do you have on this? On aliens. Oh, even when I did gifts today, I wanted to type in aliens to send to you. And I was like, not the fucking xenomorphs. So you sent me Denny's. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> um, some people talk about little green men. Some people describe gray humanoids with enlarged heads and huge eyes. Some people say they look just like us. But since we're going down rabbit holes, let's talk a little more about where some of the specific descriptions come from. And I feel like it's a common alien stereotype, if you will, uh, little green men. Mm-hmm. So any thoughts on where that description comes from? That's like Martians, mis- right? Mizzleplex or whatever. 
uh, who's the one from Looney Mars Tunes? Attacks? Are you talking about the Looney Tunes or <laughs> Flintstones? He had, they had like, oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, he was a fast talking New Yorker. I cannot. Though. Yeah, I cannot remember his name. I never think of aliens as little green men. Yeah, I don't. Either. But uh, Marvin the Martian. Yeah, Marvin the Martian was one. So Mars Attacks. Yeah, Mars Attacks. Yeah, Tim was, Burton film. Weird. That was a good movie. That was a very good movie. It. Natalie Portman, young age. Real? Oh, I didn't yeah, realize that. Yeah, it's weird. There's so many famous people in that movie that it you're really like, oh is. my god. Um, we still got two. What was it? We still got two branches of the government, and that <laughs> ain't <it>. bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as far as little green men go, again and again in my research, this one came up as to likely predating sci-fi stories going back to 12th century English legends uh, known as the Green Children of Woolpit in which two children, a brother and a sister, mysteriously show up in town. They look normal in appearance, except that their skin is green. They also speak a different language. After several years and learning to speak English, the sister explains that she and her brother came from a land where the sun never shone and the light was like twilight. But as far as science fiction goes, the use of the term little green men dates back most often to the 1940s. Harold Lawler used the term in his story Mayaya's Little Green Men in Weird Tales in 1946. In 1955, Frederick Brown's popular science fiction novel, Martians Go Home, the aliens, from Mars in this instance, were small, green-skinned invaders who spent their time playing annoying and embarrassing tricks. References to Little Green Men can be seen can be seen on TV in the 1960s with the Flintstones, Great Gazoo. Great Gazoo, that's what it was. And Star Trek's Tomorrow is Yesterday. 1988 saw mention of Little Green Men and Doctor Who, and more recently, Toy Story also brought us Little Green Men oh, with yeah. their depiction the of aliens. Club. <laughs> Why do you think? Oh man, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. Li- I saw it like leaving you. It evaporated because, almost yeah, as soon as claw, it started. You messed to... me up because uh, you, you saw that scene. No, oh, what I was thinking was well, okay. So some, a lot of black babies when they're born. Their backs will be green. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Huh. It's a, it's like a thing. There's a lot of Chinese babies that their backs are purple, like a mm-hmm. blue purple. Thing. Yeah. So yeah. it's like when they're born for some reason, like I'm not sure what goes on. I, it's it's a word for it, but I don't want to say the wrong word for it. But a lot of people would just be. Is that word that closely adjacent to another word, or is <sighs> no, it? No, I just don't know what <laughs> what's it called. You know what I mean? Do you think somebody's like, look at that little green? Baby. I was born with a tail. So, you was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's what happens. You want to see it? Yeah, 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 let me see. <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, he's like, I just see your butthole bearing in the sky. <laughs> you have to look real close. <laughs> Definitely getting edited. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, folklorist and UFO researcher Chris Aubick has stated that the term little green men was in popular use long before UFOs ever came onto the scene, but its transition from the world of folklore to ufology, ufology? was yeah. seamless. The earliest example that Aubeck was able to find of a green alien was in a short story published in the Atlanta Constitution in 1899 called Green Boy from Hera. The author describes the boy as being funny looking with green skin, skin that was as green as a maple leaf in midsummer, wearing a silken cloak the color of old gold. When the story's protagonist asks where he's from, the boy tells her he's from Hera. And when she asks where Hera is, the boy points to the sky. Mm. The protagonist assumes that Hera is a star. Interesting. And while Little Green Men is a popular depiction of aliens in literature and entertainment, it's typically the gray aliens, also referred to as Zeta Reticulans, who are the frequent subjects of close encounters and alien abduction claims. So what do you know about gray aliens? 
I know where Zeta Radiculi comes from. And we'll get there. But uh, the gray aliens, a lot of the theories that I know Those is... Those the probers. Yeah, well, they have to be, right? They're the ones who are the most reported. But they're the ones that people think, in general, they're humanoid, and their their heads are so big is because they don't have to do anything else. It's all telepathic. Yeah. It is all... They have big eyes to see what they need to see, but they don't need to eat like they well, that we eat. They don't need to smell like we smell. They don't need to do any of that. Like they're futuristic human beings. Just to clarify, no one needs to smell like you smell. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, it's that they think they're futuristic human beings just because we've evolved to a point and they're kind of just back here to study us, and that's why they would abduct abduct us. Time traveling back in time to uh, traveling back in time from the future to to study humans in the past. So, like, you don't have to if you're go, if you're able to come from Zeta Reticuli, the star system, to here. You you are going clo- close to the speed of light, beyond the speed of light when it comes to like warp and stuff. Time is nothing to you at that point. Sure, you need a massive energy source, and we have solid theories on how you could do that. And so, but if you're able to be like these grades of civilization where you harness the power of a star. In your grade two, you can harness multiple stars. You have that energy to do that. Interesting. Uh, that's called a Dyson sphere. There was a there was a video recently uh, that was taken. I want to say it was a it was either a year ago or a couple of years ago. That was uh, there was some sort of transparent object that had they got uh, image or video of that was near the sun that. While it was parked near the sun, you couldn't see the object, right, but you could see the effect. Stream. Yeah, you could see the effect that the, it was having on the sun, which mm-hmm. was basically a stream of plasma was coming out and then seemed to be being fed into something. And then when the object moved away, there was there was after there was wake. Of, right. So the hmm. sun was a gas station for a spaceship. Basically, that's that was the idea. And essentially, it could be if you could do it. But you, you all remember the story that they saw a star that would basically go dark. Yeah. Infrequently. Like a ring world. Yeah, and they could not figure out why. So Dyson spheres, which is how you would harness it, is basically a big uh, sphere that you put around the sun, and it would make it dark, but it would also let, like open up at some points. And they were like, the people on the fringes of it are going like, Dyson sphere, that, that's exactly how you would expect it to act. The theory that, let's call it reasonable people, reasonable people and Fair enough, they are. It's a think, large planet. I think going... a comet was passing oh, at the okay. time gotcha. that would block off the light that we were seeing, and the tail would do it again. Oh, I see. And that kind of thing. I don't know if they're still monitoring it. The government probably covered it up. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they always do. So the gray aliens are typically described as being human, uh, human-like with smallish bodies. They're described as having gray, smooth skin, and large, hairless heads, and large black eyes. This image was popularized in 1961 in New Hampshire after Barney and Betty uh, Hill, after the Barney and Betty Hill abduction claim. Betty Hill is also indirectly responsible for the Zeta Reticulans name. Zeta Reticuli is a binary star system in the southern constellation of Reticulum. It's located approximately 39.3 light years from Earth. Under hypnosis after her abduction, abduction claim, Betty drew a star... Betty drew a map that she claimed she was shown that displayed the alien's home system and nearby stars. In 1969, a schoolteacher by the name of Marjorie Fish attempted to create a model based on Betty's drawing and eventually determined that the stars marked as the alien's home were Zeta Reticuli. Interesting. That's, and that's the thing about that. I have goosebumps now because she has no reason to know that at all. 
also there's no reason to think you when you because they ran from this ufo that like was chasing their car yeah yeah and they both got hurt from it for one and the car tested radioactive as well the the fact that when she got abducted i don't get why an alien would give her a tour of the ship like that's kind of funny but the fact probing she mapped something that an astronomer later was able to go that she's dead on yeah well but when they put him um Barney Hill under hypnosis, he lost his mind. He yeah. was screaming and yeah, yeah, yeah. all this stuff because he like he was hurt. Like well, apparently they, like and, hurt from it. And there was a significant amount of time and that we're they lost. Talk about them specifically when we talk about abductions. Okay, okay, but yeah, there was. I I want to say I remember them there being some sort of significant amount of time that elapsed that yeah. they can't account for. And they came back to their car, I believe. But we'll talk about it. Yeah. Yep. Um. I'll talk about it broadly, and then we can go more in depth to it. So among reports of alien encounters, greys make up about 50% in Australia, 73% in the United States, 48% in continental Europe, and 12% in the UK. A quick note here, it turns out that UFOs and alien abductions are primarily a phenomenon in English-speaking countries. I'm not Hmm. sure the relevance, but I thought that was interesting. Language barrier, I would bet. There's still got to be words for it. Well, then then how do you attribute that in your own country in your own beliefs and right. all that i don't know there's a there's a video in iraq of a uh of of some sort of unidentified aerial phenomenon Muslim flying world. yeah that that's pretty significant and the u.s you know they they allowed for this information to get out there and i think when they do that what they're looking for is because you know the united states government's pretty good as far as like technology and they can identify things and 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 they have people that are experts at video editing and whatnot but I think the reason that they release things like this is hoping to get some sort of input from yeah, the, civilians. Yeah, civilians and whatnot, just so that they get they you know, add add to the information maybe. And they more recently had a second Mosul orb happen. Oh, does as they? well. Yeah, and it does just look like a big like a you know when you look at a BB, you can see like it was welded together or yeah. something like that. It looks like that moving across the screen, but like kind of big. Yeah. I, but it happened again. <laughs> like I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Could it be a BB that they're just catching the kids shooting at? I don't know. No way. So while researching Greys, I also learned of a skeptic, Frederick V. Malstrom, who in 2005 presented the idea that Greys are actually residual memories of early childhood development. Think about what you're told about how infants perceive the world. Malstrom's supposition is that the murky skin color, the enlarged eyes, no additional discernible features may actually be vague memories of our mother's faces as perceived through the senses of an infant. Oh, that's interesting. That's fair. I I don't know if I, I yeah I don't I I I mean it seems like a stretch to me, but it's an interesting idea. I, I mean it's it's like you can't you can put the craziest idea forward, and the burden of proof lays on the person putting that crazy idea yeah. forward. But at the same time, you go that's super interesting. Like maybe it is that maybe it is just some phenomenon in their head. Your brain just firing off these early. But and you mentioned all this countries talking about grays. One the like one of the most that had the most witnesses of it was in South Africa. All these school children came running out and there were like really tall grays that came out and it's hundreds of, of children and teachers who saw these. And then there's kids saying that they were speaking to them telepathically Oh wow! about it. And they're all like 30 now. And they like, there's a documentary of that as well. I, I don't know. It could literally be anything, but that's why they kind of need to land and tell us. <laughs> you won't believe until that happens. Though. Not fully. No. So largely skeptics believe that pop culture is the reason why the specific image of Grays lives on. 
a case of life imitates art, imitates life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like with much of the conversation we've already had today, most of the sightings and stories are of a modern era, but there's potentially some earlier entertainment that may have given life to these images. Michael Jackson. Earlier than that. In 1891, a novel called Maida, A Tale of the Future, was published by Kenneth Fallingsby, in which the narrator encountered small, gray-skinned aliens with balloon-shaped heads. In 1893, H.G. Wells gave his futuristic human description in The Man of the Year Million, describing humans as having no mouths, noses, or hair with large heads. He also described a similar successor species to humans in The Time Machine in 1895. Yeah. The Time Machine was terrifying. From there, you've got Mars Attacks, Men in Black, Third Rock from the Sun, Independence Day, Fire in the Sky, Contact, the Aliens movies, and even Indiana Jones. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, can we just forget, <laughs> that, can we just forget the Crystal yeah. Skull? So oh, what are some of the other portrayals of aliens in pop culture? Oh. I mean, uh, you said them all. Uh, K-Pax was a great movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. Um, Contact. Uh, Contact. What's the John Travolta movie? Oh, uh, that was, are you talking about the one where... Um, are you talking about Phenomenon? Phenomenon, yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't nailing a brain tumor. That was part of it. Oh, that yeah. That the tumor was put into Yeah, because he, he saw a UFO the and, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, the box was inexplicably an alien movie. Yeah. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Spoiler. I didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't get that out of that. Signs, we kind of touched yeah, on signs, signs was... being one. Mm-hmm. There's tons. Paul. Yeah, Paul was fantastic. X-Files. X, X, I mean, X Files. What to say? <laughs> There's nothing. Outer Limits, of course, they did that as well. They're everywhere. I mean, Star Wars, Star Trek, all yeah. of them. Uh, yeah, aliens are so much more interesting than us. And like the, <laughs> that is the theme of it. Sci-fi Channel, basically. Yeah, yeah History like, Channel. So most probably, of the History Channel. You probably get abducted by aliens and be like, "So, you want to play Spades?" <laughs> Absolutely, deal them. <laughs> you, have, if you, you haven't watched this season of The Curse of Oak Island? It's all aliens. Oh, uh, there it is. There it is. Oak Island making its appearance. Oh, and now uh, we've almost forgot uh, Stranger Things turned into aliens. Did it? Remember? I don't remember that. You don't remember Stranger Things? Like, it's not aliens. That was demons. That, or That was or, demons? Yeah. Yeah. So Upside down. Oh, it definitely looked like I guess, Trent, by the definition of alien, it should be, actually. <laughs> because it's a different dimension. It's the upside down definitely, from D&D. Definitely hit on that. Okay. Okay, so now we're going to move to alien abduction. But I'm going to preface this section with the fact that as far as I can tell, there is little to no physical evidence of alien abduction seemingly out there. Ha! Because they don't believe nobody. But regardless of that, <laughs> we're diving down this hole. So what is alien abduction? Taking a taking a against your will. That's the close encounter of the fourth kind. Yeah, right? I was going to say. So there's close encounters. The first is visible is vision. You, you see it. Um second it or no, hear it. Se- yeah, hear it, see, see it. it. And then, um, and then, uh, phys- like physical interaction with it, yeah. And then fourth is, fourth abduction. Kind is abduction, or is it, yeah, fourth kind. Of, that was a great movie, uh, the, the, with yeah. Mila Jovovich or whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that your paranormal activity. Oh, y'all, y'all was saying it out like y'all, was, like y'all been abducted before. Oh, well, that's what it is. I think it's, I think it's vis- hearing or visual, but then it, it definitely goes, it's visual, then your it's interaction with it, like getting burned or whatever. And then the fourth kind is abduction. Hmm. Yeah, he's going to Google all the uh, kinds of abduction. Get on it, Jamie. I just want to see. No, no. Ah, come on. Come on, Jamie. Put an alien in front of abduction. Oh, yeah. All right. Let me do that then. Y'all keep talking. I'll, I'll find uh, you. Just type in kinds of encounters, encounter kinds or kind levels. Because that is fourth is abduction, third is interaction, second is either seeing. I can't remember the first. 
Yeah. So we'll I'll, I'll get close encounters. There you go. Um. So let's see. Uh, Hanky scale. Hanky scale. So nocturnal light. So lights in the night sky. UFOs seen in the daytime. What is this? This is. Uh, it. Uh, back out because there was actually one that, oh, was uh, I saw that had, that listed down one more. This one right here. Oh, first and second and third kind. Okay, okay so yeah. Uh, let's see. So first kind is you spot something in the sky that leaves no evidence. Second is a UFO leaves some physical trace burns on the that's ground. What, that's what yeah, we that's what missing. it was. And then uh, you make contact with the UFO. You see uh, some alien pilot aboard. And then fourth is the abduction. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So... This is pretty straightforward. Alien abduction refers to the phenomenon of people reporting being kidnapped and subjected to physical and or psychological experimentation by an alien. Most scientists and mental health professionals attribute these claims from abductees to factors such as suggestibility, false memories, deception, straight up lies, psychopathology, brain chemistry, or most often sleep paralysis which often comes with auditory and visual hallucinations while also experiencing the inability to move. Mm, gimbal. And you're right about that because I watched Gabrielle has a video of her being hypnotized with a bunch of other people on stage. She goes, I don't remember any of it. And I was like, I just got, that's such BS. Why didn't you go up there? I wasn't there. I didn't know her at the time. Oh. I'm just like, no one, there's, there's not a hypnotist in the world is going to make me walk around like a chicken on stage. I just don't believe it. Yeah, I don't have that kind of suggestibility. We gotta find one. I bet. I bet we could find a hypnotist. You should get a hypnotist, and I want to come watch that one. <laughs> Patreon goal. I will. I am willing to be hypnotized to see if they can make me do anything. I guarantee you. It won't well, if you don't believe, sir, it won't work. You have to believe some some sort. Yeah, Jesus said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> do you believe that? <laughs> so, despite this, millions of people, usually American. Claim that they've been abducted. That felt like a that felt like a little a, green a slight attack. Yeah, yeah. Three are there are support groups throughout the United States where people come together to share their own abduction stories. There are two landmark cases for alien abduction: the Hills, who I mentioned a few minutes ago, and a Brazilian named Antonio Vilas Boas in the 1950s. Hmm. Basically, Boas was a young farmer. He was in his 20s, and he was working his fields at night in October of 57. As you do. Who works their food at night? We've because, all seen Nope. Because it was just too hot during the day. Mm. He claims he saw a red star in the sky that approached where he was, increasing in size until he recognized it as a roughly circular or egg-shaped aerial craft with a red light and a rotating cupola on top. And he said, Dios mío. <laughs> the craft descended to the field, extending three legs as it did. This concerned Boas, and he did what I imagine most people might do in that situation. He took pants. off. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's disturbing <laughs> should we start an abduction con <laughs> he took off first on his tractor but that died only a short distance away so he began to run when a humanoid roughly five feet tall wearing gray overalls and a helmet grabbed him and dragged him back to the spacecraft this is yeah go i'm, ahead. I'm not right. going to get into the nitty-gritty of what he says happened as this podcast is suitable for all ages but if anyone is interested let me know and i'll send you some information on it Okay, so now I am going to get into the all about, for the all about nothing audience. I am going to tell you. So I'm going to edit this part out of mine because it's totally not appropriate. Let us know what he got probed with. So basically, (laughs) this guy is dragged onto the spaceship where he says that he's been stripped totally naked and covered head to toe in goo. Mm. They take him into a large room and it has symbols, which he memorizes and drew for investigators, but they didn't mean anything to him. 
Uh, they took samples of blood from his chin. As you uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> then they took him to another room where they left him alone for like 30 minutes and then pumped some, some sort of gas into the room until he got violently ill everywhere. Uh. Mm. Not long after getting sick, though, he's joined by a female humanoid. He's like, fuck her. Go. <laughs> he <laughs> lied on that part. It was According a male. He him, just didn't want to say. <laughs> According to True him. I was the female that <laughs> She's very attractive. Of course she's going to say that. She, <laughs> this is in Brazil. It's, it's obviously the Chiquita banana. Chain. He's like, I don't even mind. This man dick. was in a big room full of tampestries, <laughs> and he just drove what he's seen on the wall. She is also naked. Of course. <laughs> he says she's about five foot tall. Do you think that's a requirement? <laughs> five, wait, five foot tall? So same she's as, she's just barely just barely out of the ranking of being uh, a little person. <laughs> that's a tall far, that's a tall farmer. You think? <laughs> little green <laughs> woman. I'm intrigued. She's got a she's got a small she's gray. She's got a small pointed chin and blue cat like eyes. Oh, mm. she's a gray. Yes. Oh, I thought she was a. I thought she was another of the But wing aren't the grays supposed to be <laughs> tall? Like, she, no, they're short. They're like five. Oh, okay. So, so she's short though, and she's um, apparently beautiful. Uh, he says that she's got this long, flowing, like blonde, platinum blonde hair. It was a wig on her head, but <laughs> bright red, fiery red hair under her arms and for her pubic hair. Of course. Bro, I'd be like... She was have, a fire crotch. I would have an innie. I'd be putting somebody in a head... I'd put that bitch in a headlock. Like, yes, come here. Kiss. Got you now. <laughs> Bring him in. I went out of the room. Apparently, though, this guy's super attracted. Like, he's very turned on by her. Of course. He's well, a they, farmer. He got that gas before night. that. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, everything has come out of all of my holes, but I am here now. <laughs> and she's somehow not turned off. So yeah. these two... Engage. Engage. They do the naughty. <laughs> This sounds like if Trent got abducted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the same story I would tell. He tells he tells the investigators that during the act, she doesn't he kiss him at all or anything. She makes little yip noises and nips at his chin. Mm. Um, it's like he's banging a chimp. <laughs> it's like he's banging a chimp. So when it's all this is how over, got started. <laughs> God, the story of AIDS. When it's all over, she smiles at him. And then rubs her belly and points to the sky, which he then interprets as she's going to raise the baby that they just made. And take it to the sky. In the space. Mm. Right. Uh, which this I, is Fox News. Which I guess he was cool with. I guess the baby's <laughs> going to have some higher learning. You get it? Then he... Higher? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's mine. I don't know about the red pubes. That's his mother. <laughs> He's got my nose, though. He grows hair like an orangutan. I don't know what the deal is. So he then tells investigators that the female seemed relieved when the task was over. Mm, So he pleased her. And then, (laughs) no, no. I don't think he did. No, no. She's relieved. Like, he's angry, in fact, about her reaction because he felt like he was just being used as a good stallion Mm. for the aliens. Oh, he wanted a cigarette. He's like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) So after she leaves, they give him his clothes back. Give him a tour of the spacecraft, mm. and then escort, in a robe. <laughs> then escort him off the ship. This sounds like a college dorm party. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Ashton Kutcher? Yeah, you may be banging aliens. <laughs> when he gets home, <laughs> you actually got a barcode. I think this is more serious than we thought. <laughs> he gets home and it's like four hours later. He has no idea where his time went, other than this. Mm. That is so good. Cool. Lord, four hours. 
He was, he was a good stallion. <laughs> I'm gonna start shooting lasers in the sky. Facts. Where are we at? Where are we at? If, if it's gonna get, if it's gonna get my numbers up to that, <laughs> we all need a little help. <laughs> Four hours. Was this guy Austin Powers? <laughs> <laughs> he had to call his doctor after that. Telling you, he's like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> But it's you have red pubes now. Did you know that? Have they always been there? That's crazy. Those aren't yours. Why would he say red pubes out of everything Why he could have said? And underarm hair. Dude, so you just met a French woman. That's all it was. <laughs> She's French? I would have thought like Irish. <laughs> well, no, just that he could see all the pubes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh. You said pubes out of her armpits. Those are pubes. Don't make it wrong. These are pubes. Come on. I guess uh, you got a point. All right, moving on. <laughs> you got a point. Okay, Amy, this is where you can come back to Wolf in the Wonderland. <laughs> All right, here we go. Back to uh, right. sanity. So the other landmark case was the Hills. I mentioned these folks earlier when I spoke of the gray aliens in Zeta Reticuli. According to the Hills, they were driving back from a nice Canadian vacation in September of 1961. Hey. <laughs> it was nighttime, and Betty believed she saw a falling star until she saw it move upward. The glowing object in the night sky moved erratically and grew bigger and brighter. So Betty asked Barney to pull over so she could look at it through binoculars and also to walk their dog. As we carry in our cars, you have binoculars in your car. I know no, for okay. sure you I'm got binoculars you, in, in your the bag. In the 50s, <laughs> for sure. Also, they were at Niagara Falls. So they oh, have, well, What do you need binoculars for in Niagara Falls? Because you're not in the you waterfall, bro. So before, but you don't... If no, you're no, there, no. you just see. You no, don't no. have to. You that's, gotta see the barrel lady go down. The path. The, there wasn't. There. There wasn't a whole trail built out to to go check out the falls, and there wasn't mm. boats that could that handle the the turbulent. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not like the tours that. No, no, not now. the tours they have now. Oh, okay. It's a different thing now. Say less. Say less. <laughs> no cap. So eventually, the object in the <laughs> eventually the object in the sky drew so near that Barney went to get a better look with the binoculars in one hand and his pistol in the other. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, huh. Barney. Uh, he claims to have seen eight to 11 humanoid figures oh. who were looking out the window of the spacecraft. He claims that one of the humanoids communi- communicated with him telepathically to stay where you are and keep looking. Man, he threw gang signs at him from the, from the window. Stay there. <laughs> I don't Los know Angel- if it's Morse code or... Stay there. Los, Los, Angeles, County, <laughs> Los Angeles County police are asking that uh, Los Angeleners please do not shoot at the, at the spacecraft. Yeah. That is crazy. Um, what do you think the couple eventually arrived home around dawn, but insisted that things were amiss. Their watches stopped and would never tell time again. The strap from the binoculars was torn, though mm. neither recalls it tearing. The toes of his dress shoes were scraped. Her dress was torn and had a pinkish powder on it. The powder blew away when she hung the dress out on the clothesline, but five laboratories have conducted chemical and forensic analysis on the dress in the years since the reported abduction without remark. And did you see anything different with that? No, but it was on the car, too. And apparently the psychologist... What, the pink, the pink uh, dust? Yeah, it was on the car, too. Is that how they... And they pulled... They, there was radioactive material. Like, the, the car itself, the paint was no good after that. And they I believe they got burned. Like, it was hot. Because they they drove away from right. it for a long time. Uh, but, the yeah, the, like... They had every encounter. <laughs> saw it. There's traces. They, the third one was seeing them. They so they saw the craft. Had traces of having the craft in their vicinity. And they interacted. They saw them. Then they interacted. Yeah, so you think they had like a four way with like everybody? Well, the, they they said they extracted fluids from them as well. Right. Um, that's part of it. 
Mm. In not a pleasant way, not like the Brazilian guy had. But a lot of scientists and psychologists. Um, so even when she went under hypnosis, it was shortly after uh, pop culture videos have come out. Mm-hmm. Um, she was so on they, TV shows too. And so they they really a lot of this is attributed to her being false memories, like to them being in her head and her mm-hmm. recalling them as her own memories. Um, I actually don't have anything else on the hills unless you have well, the accuracy of some of the things that were, and there's even been more that's happened afterwards. Like, uh, their granddaughter was on Rogan's at one time and he'd only made the connection after she was already off. And she was like, Oh no. Like, cause that was her grandparents. She was like, they 100% till they died. were like, this happened. Well, and he died a lot earlier than her. Yeah, he did. Um, interracial couple. Aliens? Yeah. What are you doing? Which a lot of people actually said that that was a mm-hmm. way for them to bring attention. Because apparently yeah. they said that the aliens were very preoccupied with the different colors of their skin. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people felt like it was a way for them to bring attention to interracial marriages and dating and um, in a time where that wouldn't have been acceptable. In a time that you don't want to be in the news for being in an interracial marriage at all. Like it's, uh, there's so many things, like especially her with the map part. That's That's kind of like... All right. Well, how do you just guess that? I don't think you do. Right. Um, I don't know. Again, it's one of those things you're like, that's crazy. And why, at some point, especially being interracial in, in the 50s, or well, that was, it was the 50s, right? Yeah. Why would you bring attention to yourself like that? And at any point, I mean, you are all the way that far up north, but still not something you're like, want to go on Jerry Springer about. And was uh, mushrooms big back in the day? <laughs> I don't think so. But they were kind of straight laced, man. That Canadian maple syrup. Ooh. Mm. So, there have been television episodes about this case, books written, Carl Sagan has discussed it in Cosmos, um, aspects of their story were used in episodes of The X-Files, Dark Skies, and even American Horror Story. Yep. Um, so, part of the reason these two cases are considered to be the landmark cases is because they establish basically canon for alien abductions moving forward. Essentially, most abduction stories follow a very similar script, even though some of the details are changed. So, have you heard of any compelling stories of alien abduction that think make you think maybe it's true? Yeah, there was a guy, um, I cannot remember the state, but he was a logger. Yeah, and, fire in the sky. Yeah. So, yeah, it was. I have not seen the movie, but he. they were out there logging, and they all saw the light, and this guy was like, well, I'm going to go to it. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm going to do. And he was abducted, and he was gone for a very long time. It was, it was about, it was four or five days, yeah. Yeah, he was gone for a very long time, and eventually he was dumped on the side of the road. And they actually, like, really did hurt him. Well, and, and not only that, but, like, the men that he was in the truck with, because there were five or six oh, other, yeah. other men in the truck that saw him go into a field that, that, uh, uh, in, in, in the middle of a forest. He gets out of the truck, goes into the middle of the field, and a beam of light hits him, and then apparently begins to... to pull him up into the air and like lifts him up into the air. And at that point they took off. And, yeah. and, and from that point, like they, they, as soon as they got to a town where they could, they were scared they to get out to, of the truck. Yeah. But as soon as they got to town, they called the police yeah. and like the police did a search for three days mm-hmm. in the, in the yeah. area they were looking for. Could not find him. Not, not anywhere. And then all of a sudden he just turns up. On, see, on the side of the road. See, Barry, this is why I will never go camping with you because I think that you would go into that said field. <laughs> if we were out. Dude, <laughs> that brings me to a question, but I'm not going to take over <laughs> me as a podcast, but like, that's, that is like, that, that doesn't happen every day. What do you, what else? I don't blame him for doing it. I'm going the opposite way, Zach. I know. <laughs> just friend. letting you know. <laughs> and I'm sending somebody who's with me to go check it out. <laughs> Which will be Barrett. 
Hey, we'll go check it out right together. Now. If that's how I go, that's how I go. Yeah, that's, see what I mean? Me see, and Barry will come back and we just be like, we don't talk about it. I've lived as long as I care to live anyway, so it's not like... <laughs> he's stop like, saying that. He's like, it's not Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> drop, me, drop me off in four ways. While I'm here. While. Alien abductions and UFO sightings tend to be met with some skepticism, especially from the scientific community. But certainly, it's hard to be a scientist and think that the possibility of life on other planets isn't possible. Well-known astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. My boy. That's Zach's boy. Shared his thoughts on aliens in an interview with CNN. Do you believe that there is life out there somewhere? I would say that if there weren't life, it would be astonishing. If there were, if, given how common our ingredients are and how quickly life took place here and how many planets we know are orbiting host stars. And it would be astonishing if that were the case. And what about aliens and what about UFOs? Well, to me, any life is alien. You mean aliens like with antennas and ray guns? Something more than a, a cell. Okay. <laughs> Something <laughs> that could land here in a spaceship? Um, it could be out there. There's no evidence that would convince an authentic skeptic that we've been visited. Uh, and I can tell you this, these fuzzy monochromatic Tic Tacs that show up right. on the Navy restricted airspace in our own atmosphere. By the way, you've seen the high resolution images from a telescope we parked a million miles from Earth called the James Webb Space Telescope looking at the edge of the universe. And the best you have of visiting aliens in our own atmosphere is a fuzzy Tic Tac. You got to do better than that. It's a flare can be an astrophysicist. We all know the reason why that happened because they didn't change the aperture. <laughs> it's a flare can. Yeah, it, 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 I think it was. A, I think in that situation, I think that it was the product of the circumstance, yeah. which was the pilots can't fly planes while trying to take pictures, especially if they're engaged in something. And that camera has to be cheap enough to put on every aircraft. Exactly. And it's designed to recognize things you're known to recognize. Hey. hey. These are million-dollar aircrafts. You don't think they got put that in the budget? Go buy one camera. <laughs> telling you, it's that's and Neil's fair in that assessment, but Neil also likes to tongue in cheek a lot of things. It's are like, you trying to say they can't put a GoPro on every U.S. GoPro quality of a GoPro flying at seven hundred miles an hour is is going to be crap. And the shit that the James Webb Telescope is looking at has to have a picture taken of it, taken of it. For a very long time. Yeah. Like, it has to expose almost. Like, you have to capture all the light. You have to give it time. Well, you just got to put it in time-lapse mode. Well, yeah, you're not... You're <laughs> That's not, it. You couldn't turn the James <laughs> Webb around and go look at the Earth and be like, tell us where the aliens are. Like, yeah. you, mm. you couldn't do that. The, yeah. the GoPro... The quality of the GoPro footage that I got from our show at the, uh, at the venue... Mm -hmm. I had to put that through so many software filters just to get what I got. Mm. <laughs> and... And that was, and that was just under the vibrations of you having the music at eleven. Correct. So. And photographs are like what, two hundred years old yeah. at the very beginning. Oh of it. yeah, yeah. So like we're not great at it yet. <laughs> we <laughs> okay. just now have them here, and look how you treat yours. It has cracks all over it. No, that's just a screen protector, sir. Get one. <laughs> they sell them. So I also have a short video from the Planetary Society, which I just learned is a. Yeah, Bill Nye's the president of it. Okay. Uh, it also includes Bill, 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 Bill. <laughs> it also includes audio clips from Frank Drake and Carl Sagan discussing intelligent life in the universe. Love so Carl we're going to play Sagan. that one. We take the solar system, which we know has happened, and the life on Earth as typical. And as far as we know, it is typical. We know of nothing, no freakish event that was required for us 
with our motorcycles and our videotape recorders to exist. We've hardly searched all the various frequencies, the forms of signal, the places in the sky from which signals might come. The fact that we so far have no evidence of extraterrestrial life is not at all discouraging. We shouldn't have found it yet. We have hardly begun. There is some chance that in the next few decades we will get a signal from some spectacularly distant, spectacularly exotic civilization, and everything on Earth will, as a consequence, change. That is possible. I think even if there's a plausible argument for a few, we ought to keep looking. I'd even go further than that. If there's a plausible argument that there isn't anybody out there, bearing in mind that we can be wrong, we ought to keep looking because the question is of the most supreme importance. It calibrates our place in the universe. It tells us who we are. I like how they had stock footage. Oh yeah, for, definitely. Well, the, the thing is too, so Carl Sagan, he's, he's one of the people who started uh, the Planetary Society. Bill, Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson both learned from Carl Sagan, uh, but he's right. He at the beginning, he's we're only just now understanding the mediums in which life is speaking to us. That's dimensions. You can talk about dimensions. That's a big factor. You think they are flying like this? You're only seeing glimpses of them clipping in and out of dimensions that we know. We know of three. Correct. They may know of ten. So this is what I'm thinking. Why does things have to change here? If it's thing, if it's other things other than us here, why do things have to change? Like, like he's saying on that. Like, well, why does everything have? To ideologies change. change. If if aliens make themselves one hundred percent known, where where what room does religion have anymore? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Things like that. It it and that's part of the that's one of the things that the way they say that we if the government does know they can't take that paradigm shift in society. Of what happens if are you kidding? You're not alone. You, you know what would happen to the United States government, hey, like just the country up. itself, if all of a sudden aliens showed up and, and basically Christianity and Islam and, and Hinduism and, and all of these would just evaporate immediately. Wow. All like Paul said, all one world theology. Every, yeah, everything would everything would fall apart. Yeah. Uh, then there's then you'll have Scientology standing. That's right. They were right the whole time. (laughs) Tom Cruise. (laughs) Look what Jesus did. Look what Jesus did. He knows how to make a movie. I got to figure he probably. Remember Ted when the bear comes alive? They go to the news guy. He's like, look what Jesus did. (laughs) So I agree. It's hard to think that there isn't the possibility of life on other planets. It's foolish to think that. Um, And it may be, it may not be little green men or great humanoids, but it's, it's hard to think that there's nothing. It could be me. Thank you, Nick the Geek, engineer and producer, owner and operator of GOT Sound Studio. Check out details on how you can utilize his talent and production expertise at GOTSoundStudio.com. Thanks to Muff the Producer. Follow him on Instagram at Muff the Producer. Thanks to Trent Clark, a.k.a. DJ Lonzo, currently serving as the house DJ at the main course in Columbia, South Carolina. Make sure to go by and have a good time. You can contact Trent for all your entertainment needs. Trent at TheAllAboutNothing.com and on Instagram at TheRealDJLonzo. On Twitter at DJLonzoTime. 
top five. You can also phone him, 803-262-7982. If you enjoy the show, consider becoming a patron by visiting our website and clicking at the link at the top of the browser that will take you to our Patreon page. You can find details on how you become a supporter, or you can check out benefits there and just consider a donation so that we can continue to bring you this nonsense. We enjoy doing it. We enjoy you enjoying it. As always, you can follow us on Facebook. Just search for All About Nothing US on Twitter and Instagram at AAN underscore pod, or you can find links to all of our social media and available podcast platforms by visiting theallaboutnothing.com. If you'd like to be heard on the show, you may call and leave us a message, 803-672-0533. If the time between these episodes is too far apart, you can fill that time by checking out some of our partner podcasts. Zach and I host What the Pod Was That with Carrie Simmons. Visit whatthepodwasthat.com for links and details. Carrie and Chrissy host Status Macabre. You can find details at statusmacabre.com. Ami Bland takes a deep dive down the rabbit hole in episodes of Welcome to Wonderland available on all of your podcast listening platforms. As well, you should check out our own DJ Lonzo's Top 5, hosted by Trent Clark, available on most of your podcast listening platforms. <laughs> I knew it with that, that, head. Wish. that head. I <laughs> knew right. something. So there we have it, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me as we went down so many rabbit holes this week. I hope you enjoyed learning a little more. And uh, thank you to the All About Nothing guys, Trent, Zach, and Barrett. Hey. For... <laughs> For making Welcome to Wonderland's first year anniversary episode such a memorable one. Well, in a me, we didn't go down a rabbit hole today. We went down a wormhole. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, be safe, be kind, and stay curious. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for, uh, oh, Oh, that's right. We got to do her outro. So this will be be funny for us to read. All right, so I'll, I will go first. Cause oh, because your name is, is first. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. The Welcome to Wonderland podcast is copyrighted by Ami Bland and is part of the Barrett Gruber Entertainment Division. This podcast is recorded at the podcast studio at GOT Sound Studios in Lexington, South Carolina. Any thoughts or opinions expressed as part of this production are those of the host, unless otherwise noted. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow, like, and share this podcast. Find Welcome to Wonderland on Facebook at Welcome to Wonderland the Podcast and on Twitter, Wonderland the Pod. No, sorry, Wonderland underscore pod. To submit corrections, additional information, or requests for episodes, please email the host at Welcome to Wonderland the Pod at gmail.com. Thank you very much for everybody listening this week. Uh, links to all of our episodes, past episodes, everything podcast platform, social media, and available on our website, theallaboutnothing.com. You can support the show by following us on social media and maybe go a little further and join the growing list of patrons. Head over to theallaboutnothing.com to find a link to our Patreon page or go directly to patreon.com slash theallaboutnothing. And while you're visiting our page, join our Discord server and join the conversation. Find the link at the top of the webpage. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You all stay safe and have a week. This The All About Nothing podcast is recorded live from the GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina. The All About Nothing podcast is produced and engineered by Neek the Geek, owner and operator of GOT Sound Studio. To support the show, please visit theallaboutnothing.com for links to social media, merchandise, and more. Become a patron of the show by following the Patreon link at the top of our page. The All About Nothing podcast is an entertainment product of Barrett Gruber. Special thanks to Zach King, Trent Clark, Muff the Producer, Neek the Geek, and you, our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you're on YouTube, please hit the like button and the notification bell. Thank you for listening. The All About Nothing podcast is a part of the GOT Podcast Network and a product of Barrett Gruber Entertainment and Media. This episode of The All About Nothing podcast is brought to you by Blank Canvas Brand. If you own a business, restaurant, or sports team and you're ready to shake things up with that new, unique image, you need to use Blank Canvas Brand. 
Blank Canvas specializes in brand identity, including logos and graphics for business cards, flyers, banners, and signs. Blank Canvas offers printing services to help with your clothing needs. Look, when it comes to talent and service, there is no one better. For more information, you can search Facebook for Blank Canvas, or you can email blankcanvas at theallaboutnothing.com. That's B-L-N-K-C-A-N-V-S at theallaboutnothing.com. You can find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com.